Alex Sharg was a young, talented video producer working for the Cleveland Cavaliers during the team's 2016 championship run. He had grown up a huge sports fan, so working shoulder to shoulder with some of the NBA's biggest stars and flying with the team's owner on his private jet were a dream come true. But Alex was also learning about Judaism and the importance of keeping Shabbat. And at this point, I was totally torn. Oh my gosh, how do I balance this? Like, I have to make a decision here. What did Alex decide? The answer is just ahead. I'm Jeff Cohen, and this is Saturday to Shabbos, Inspiring Jewish Journeys. When I was growing up, Saturday was what I called the day after Friday. But now, among the many changes I've made in becoming observant, eating kosher, moving to a Jewish community, and sending my kids to yeshiva, I now call Saturday Shabbos. On this podcast, I'll present real-life stories of people who've made their own journey to Jewish observance, the obstacles they overcame, and how the journey transformed them. Alex Sharg, welcome to Saturday to Shabbos. Great to be on. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's jump right in. So I understand you grew up in Detroit, Michigan. What's the Jewish population like over there? There's a big Jewish community in Detroit. I think it's somewhere around the 90 to 100,000 mark. There's probably about 80 to 80, maybe 80% of those or 80 to 90% that are non-affiliated and maybe 10% that are more observant, traditional, orthodox related. But the community in Detroit is very warm and there's a lot of achtus or unity between a lot of the different Jewish communities that exist around the area. And how would you describe your own Jewish upbringing in Detroit? I grew up in, in a very densely populated Jewish suburb called Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. I had two beautiful Jewish parents and I grew up with some Jewish exposure, but a more cultural exposure. So I went to a, a reform temple up until 13. I just wanted the bar mitzvah party. And after that, I wanted to uh, just be completely done with it because I just did it really just to have the party and to ha- celebrate with all my friends. And it was just something that culturally you just do. So after that, I, I really didn't want anything to do with, with Judaism. I just thought like it was like nice stories that probably weren't true. And um, to be honest, I kind of wanted to shy away from talking about Judaism after that point. Did you know any observant Jews at that point in your life? Or what was your perspective on Orthodox Judaism? I didn't know any. The only perspective I had was when my mother would drive us to our Reformed Hebrew school. It actually, ironically, was right next to the from observant community. So I'd, I would ask my mom, you know, like, what school is that over there? And, you know, she would say something like, you know, oh, you know, those are religious kids. They think that God runs the world and they believe in God. And kind of in a, you know, a little bit of a condescending way. And I was like, yeah, it's so crazy. You know, I, I only believe in what we see. And that's so weird. My reform experience was, you know, they had an organ and a choir. They'd sing Motown songs. And my favorite part was at the end of the service, they would sing the University of Michigan football fight song at the end of uh, Rosh Hashanah services. It actually was my favorite part. So as a child, you get into sports journalism as kind of a passion. Tell me how that first came about. I was always the kind of person that would get up at four in the morning when I was like 11, 10 years old. And I'd watch SportsCenter on reruns like three or four times. And and I'd say, well, I could announce it that better. I thought I could do it better this way or that way. 
And then it kind of dawned on me, like, you know what? Like, I feel like I see something that I could do better. I, I feel like I have the background of, of sports knowledge. So why don't I try to get into, uh, you know, sports journalism, you know, radio, television, writing. I like to write too. But, you know, I thought I could really do a good job with radio or television reporting. So luckily, my high school had a radio station. They traditionally were recognized across the state of Michigan for having a good radio program. So I, I figured I tried it out my junior year of high school, going into my senior year. They had a, an award competition you could enter in, so I entered in that. But then they had a national award competition called the John Drury High School Radio Awards. So I submitted two takes for that. One was a promo for my high school radio show that I hosted, and the other was a, a radio drama. I actually took an English literature classic, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and I made it into a golden age radio drama. So I, I submitted it, and, and I won, like, first in the nation in this in this radio drama category, and I also won first place in um, the best promotional category. So I thought, okay, I think I have something here. I feel this is like a, a sign that maybe I should really look into this more. Maybe radio to an extent, would be more for me. So I said, okay, at that point, where am I going to uh, pursue that? And I, I started with sports journalism. I thought that was the major for me. And did that influence your choice of where you went to college and what you were studying there? Yeah, so I looked at Michigan and Michigan State, and I actually grew up a, a big Michigan fan, but I knew Michigan State notably had a big program for a J school, a journalism school, and they had a big um, sports journalism thing there. So I said, okay, this seems like a great fit big sports school also. So I ended up choosing Michigan State for that reason. And what's your involvement in Judaism through the college years? So the funny thing is, as much as I tried to run away from Judaism, it's almost as if Judaism followed after me. So when I went to college, I joined AE Pi, which I didn't realize was a Jewish fraternity. And um, at Michigan State, they did have a Chabad, but I just wanted to go for the free food and I left right away just for dinner. So that was my exposure at that point to Judaism. And then the Pi, which was a Jewish fraternity, and even though, you know, at times there were things that weren't so Jewish, but, you know, we still went to the Halal house. But at the same time, you know, I was still straying far away from Judaism at that point. I, I had no interest in learning or anything. My guest today on Saturday to Shabbos is Alex Sharg. So at this point in your college years, your sports journalism career is also starting to take off. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, so at this point... I was just DJing at the student radio station. I wanted to get my foot in the door. But there was one big sports show that had a big following. And um, historically, the the former hosts of the show, they moved on to most of them, you know, 90% moved on to big careers in journalism. So I thought, okay, if I get this show, then, then I'm, I feel like I'm golden, you know. So I applied for the show, eventually got it. And then um, I, I started getting into the sports show. The guy that hosted it was a Hall of Fame broadcaster. His name is Earl Robinson. He definitely took me under his wing and mentored me a lot. So I started producing, you know, I, Magic Johnson came on the show once. He had all kinds of big people that I, you know, talked to, screened, let on the show, produced, started basically being the producer. Then the station manager who also engineered, who got me trained, he kind of stepped back and I ended up basically full-time taking over at 20 years old, being the full-time engineer producer for the show with, with Earl. And then eventually, unfortunately, Earl passed away and I had a huge opportunity. I filled in hosting until they got a new host as a student, which is a huge deal. So I started building up Baruch Hashem, like a really good resume at 20, 21 years old. And that really propelled my journalism experience right away. So you parlayed all these early breaks ultimately into a plum job. What was that? So at that point, I started, you know, applying for jobs. 
I got really lucky again. I saw a Facebook post saying Fox Sports Detroit is looking for an ENG photographer, essentially a, a videographer. I'm like, all right, well, I always thought it'd be cool to work at Fox Sports Detroit. And I jumped at the opportunity. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay here in Detroit. And this is a great opportunity. So I started at 22 years old with Matt Shepard, Trevor Thompson, the big sports Fox Sports Detroit anchors, John Keating. I was filming, lighting, setting up, doing the interviews with Justin Verlander, Miguel Cabrera, the Detroit Tigers, Detroit Pistons over a period of like nine months. And that was a big opportunity for me. So clearly your career is flying high. I want to hear now about a certain phone call that might have changed your thinking about your life and career. Yeah. And at this point, you know, totally not Jewishly connected, but, um, I got a call about nine months into my job there saying, hi, I'm so sorry, Alex, but we're going to have to let you go. And I was like in shock. I mean, I, I didn't get a warning. You know, there's no you know, prior, you know, letting me know like, oh, you're not, you're not doing a great job. I'm giving you a warning. Like, is there something I did? You know, you haven't mentioned this to me before. He's like, not really. He's like, to be honest, you know, we were part-time. We thought maybe we would need you. We really don't. At this point, I'm, I'm devastated. And I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, this is over for me. And the moment I hung up the phone after I was started to tear up, I got a phone call right away. And on the phone, I looked down at the caller ID and it's the Chabad rabbi from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I would still go to see my grandparents once a year and he was there and I would chat with them for maybe 30 seconds, a minute. But other than that, I had no connection to him. And when I looked at the phone, for some reason, I really think this was like my Jewish neshama. This is from a creator. This is God like reaching out to me. But then the other part of me was like, no, no, I'm not answering the phone. I'm not going to change my whole life and think this is like some God calling, you know, didn't answer the phone. Two months later, I go back to visit my grandparents again, once a year, the yearly visit. And my Zaidi son, this is my uncle, his son, who is my uncle, he, at this point, was learning with Chabad Hasidus. He was becoming, he was observant at this point, keeping Shabbos and kosher. And um, f- that night, we had dinner together. And at the table, we stayed at the table for seven hours. We had a long talk on religion, philosophy. He was basically, he saw something in me that I was maybe, you know, a little like, confused with life, you know, maybe like after losing the job and like, you know, trying to find my next foot in the door. I think he saw that I was like, you know, looking, really looking for Emmis. So... And I said, like, well, what do I do? He goes, start learning at the local Chabad house. Find the local Chabad house. So I was living in downtown Detroit, and I Googled Chabad Detroit, and it came up. And I eventually got connected to the Chabad Shadach there. And I went to one of his classes, and then he invited me for Shabbat. And I started going, you know, once a week to Shabbat. And that was really the start of the call that changed everything for me. So as you're exploring your Judaism on a deeper level, I understand you then land another plum gig career-wise. So what was that? So I got a really good job working for a guy named Dan Gilbert, who is the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He owns Quicken Loans. He's a serial entrepreneur. And I got a job as an intern to start working for his like media team. So at this point, I was really just taking basically Dan Gilbert's media assets, his family assets, like his photos with his family, his documentary, you know, about the run to the championship. They were hoping in 2016 when they actually ended up winning that they would eventually win and it'd be a whole story of the first championship to Cleveland in 50 years. And, you know, we were working with Mark Wahlberg to like produce like a documentary to like make this a public thing. So I was in the playoffs, you know, with the team on the planes, you know, in the locker room after the media left, getting this exclusive, you know, raw, all access 
documentary of the run to the championship. So, you know, I was there, you know, when they won. I got to play with Kyrie Irving, you know, on a three-on-three match on one of the off games. So, I, you know, here I was, you know, seeing the lives of, you know, the biggest athletes up close, LeBron. And, and even though I was an intern to start and I wasn't getting paid so much, I thought I basically made it. I feel like I got to see everything I needed to see in the sports journalism at that point while I was, you know, starting to learn more Torah. So, Alex, how'd you do in those three-on-three matches with Kyrie Irving on the court? I actually scored one point on him. I could say, you know, I have the claim to fame that I scored a point on him, but he totally destroyed me in every level. I mean, he crossed me up. I was going left and right. I could not hang with him. I mean, it was a great game. And then I even, you know, there was one time where, you know, I, I was in the locker room even filming LeBron James, and he yelled at me one time. He called me over. He didn't want me filming him after a, a hard loss in Toronto. So from playing three-on-three three to Kyrie and being yelled at by LeBron James after a hard, you know, loss in Toronto, you know, I feel like I got a taste of the NBA life. So you're hobnobbing with all of these superstars and you're seeing all of their sports success, material success. At the same time, you're exploring Judaism on a deeper level. What is the contrast like of those two things? It was interesting because when I would go to Chabad and go for Shabbos dinners, I would sit there and just look at the way, you know, they raise their kids and the way their kids are such Abed Hashem, not only just the family, but I also just saw the the MS of it, the truth of Shabbos and why it makes so much sense. And I just loved when I would do it. I did my first full Shabbat there without my phone or anything. This was back in 2016 and 2017. And then, you know, sometimes I have to leave on Saturday during the afternoon and leave Chabad and start going to work and, you know, go on the, the plane. And I'd, I'd fly with Dan on his jet and, you know, I'd film stuff with him and high life for the rich and famous on, you know, private jets and at this point, I was totally torn. Oh my gosh, how do I balance this? Like, I feel like I have to choose. I mean, I can't turn away from Emmis when it's staring at me straight in the face. So I have to make a decision here. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try to start like a video business, a media business. And that way I could start having a little bit more work-life balance. So eventually I left. So what are some of the steps you're now taking to accelerate your growth in Judaism now that you have a little bit better balance on the work side? So at this point, you know, I was still going to Chabad a lot. And um, at Chabad, which I loved, I learned a lot of Hasidus and Tanya and, you know, basic halachas, but I still needed a lot of more meat and potatoes. Then I went on this program called Sinai Retreats, and it's a 10-day yeshiva retreat. I didn't know it was a yeshiva retreat where they have yeshiva bachrim, you know, about 20 to 30 Bachram and 15 guys like me who are just getting into Judaism and you learn about tzitzis and davening and you get a first taste of oral Torah and Gemara. And I I loved it. And at that point, I started to really grow in my observance. I came back from that Shomer Shabbos, so it's been amazing. I really started to grow. I started going on Israel trips once a year. I You know, the company was growing too. I, you know, the more I kept Shabbos, the bigger the business grew. I'm like, okay, Hashem doesn't disappoint. You make the right decision. Hashem will take care of you. So it was a huge, scary thing to leave this job. And my parents were like, what are you doing? You know, you're leaving to work, you know, with your own company and videos. And like, are you going to be successful? And now you're becoming observant. You know, what are you doing? And then once it started to grow, I think they really started to get it. My guest today is Alex Sharg. So Alex, why did you then decide to attend Yeshiva? The business was growing. We had seven full-time employees with two interns. And at this point, I was itching to go. I knew that like really going to Yeshiva would have been a really good grounding foundation for me to catch up on like all those years of learning I missed. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have a lot of regret if I don't ever go. And talked to my business partner, told him I wanted to take a little bit of leave of absence. 
ended up going, Baruch Hashem, it, it turned out to be the best experience ever, best decision I ever made to go to yeshiva. I went to Asia Torah, and uh, it was amazing. But then ultimately you decided to sell your company. So why did you make that move? So my business partner, I think, realized he wanted to be, you know, go his own way and kind of work on his own. You know, I wanted to grow a bigger company. You know, we ended up selling it three months ago, and I hopped on a flight back to Detroit, selling the business, and uh, here I am. So Alex, where are you living and studying now? When I got back to America, I started visiting my friends and family. I started remembering like how comfortable it is to be back in America, back in Detroit, where I was, I was very into the community. I got very integrated. But after talking to my rabbi and, and really doing some deep dive into myself, I realized that uh, there is a goal that I ultimately want to reach with my, my learning that I'm not at. So my plan now is in July, August to go back to Israel and uh, continue my learning at Asia Torah. Wow. How long do you plan to go there for? I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to take it year by year for right now. <laughs> Where is Alex going to be in three to five years, you think? You know, who knows? You know, maybe I'll be in Sfas with the beard down to my toes and, you know, learning Kabbalah every day. I kind of was originally set on living in Eretz Yisrael and learning as much as I can. But at the same time, I'm also considering being back in, a, you know, in America and trying to help Judaism and call Israel here. So we need to interview you again in 2025 and we'll get the updated story of Alex Sharg. So what would you tell the uh, younger version of yourself who was playing with these superstars, having fun, and what you know now, a few years later, what advice would you give to that younger version of yourself? Really having a lot of more patience and letting the process unfold. You know, the Baal Shem Tov says, when we take three steps backward and three steps forward during davening, why do we do that? The Baal Shem Tov says that when we're taking three steps away, you can look at it as that Hashem's actually moving away from you. He keeps moving backwards from you. He keeps moving farther. He says, come on, come on, keep moving, keep moving. And when we take three steps forward, we're making that choice to come closer. It is true that, you know, Hashem reveals and hides himself and he wants us to continue to come closer to him. And I would tell myself, you know, to keep slowly and patiently moving closer and to not be deterred by any things that comes up. Alex, I want to thank you so much for sharing your inspiring Jewish journey. We appreciate the time today. Thanks. Saturday to Shabbos is produced by Gary Wallach. Our executive producer is Rabbi David Pardo. Our theme music is by Paul Uden. To learn more about us, please visit tachlismedia.com. That's T-A-C-H-L-I-S-Media.com. Tell us what you think about what you've heard, or suggest a story we should know about by emailing Shabbos at tachlismedia.com. I'm Jeff Cohen. Thanks for listening. Please check with us often for more stories of inspiring Jewish journeys. Saturday to Shabbos is a Tachlis Media podcast.